something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and drama. I'll be joined by some special guests that'll be helping me share the real stories behind the most iconic moments in the show. So do not miss this special takeover of Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I am Ben Boland. But hey, you guys probably know us by now, right? Probably. Well, I hope so. I would guess so. I think we've got like 200 episodes or something like that now. We've been packing them in. Or past that now at this point, aren't we? Um, we're doing, we're doing pretty well. I don't know. We're close. You know what? It just flies by. It does. It just flies by. It really does. And you know what? I think this is, uh, this is one that I've been waiting to do for a long time. So mm-hmm. I'm glad we're finally getting to it after 200 episodes or whatever. <laughs> I, um, I, boy, I wish we had an actual count, but, uh, um, this one is really, really unique or so I thought until I started investigating it. And, uh, we'll talk about that mm. later, but this was a surprise to me. Mm. Um, I had seen one of these, or I thought I saw one of these, in Michigan when I lived there. In real life? In real life. But uh, now that I look at some of the, the data, mm-hmm. um, maybe it was something else. Ah, uh, maybe it was I just know, I a... might have been fooled. Okay. I might have been fooled. You have so to get gonna, up pretty early so before you... We're going to talk about another unique vehicle, because we had one last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about... Uh, oh, what was that? We talked about vintage the... Mobile uh, vintage Mobile Cinema. Mobile Cinema, that's right. Now we're going to talk about the AQC Jetway 707. Or, as I like to call it, the Godzilla of station wagons. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, quick, everybody get on uh, get on the Googler <laughs> and uh, search AQC Jetway 707, and uh, you'll get a photo of this thing, because you won't believe it when you see it, unless you, you're familiar with these vehicles already. What you it, will think it's Photoshop. This comes from 1968 to 1970. That's mm-hmm. when these things were built. And it's based on a uh, an Oldsmobile Tornado. Mm-hmm. And Tornado, which came out in the 60s, 1966, mm-hmm. uh, was made all the way through 1992. Um, if you recall, it was designed by Bill Mitchell of GM Design. We talked about Bill Mitchell many times yeah, in this multiple. Uh, podcast. There were four generations of Tornado, but uh, this AQC Jetway uh, version, the 707, mm-hmm. only built for two years. And uh, they're still not completely sure how many were built. It's somewhere between 50 and 150. 
Isn't that something? I mean, that's just a heck of a margin. Well, you know, here's the thing about this. And, and if you, if you read carefully, now AQC stands for American Quality Coach Company. Okay. Mm -hmm. Usually a coach company is something that makes, um, specialty vehicles. Sure. Hearses, limos, limos, ambulances, things like that. Um, you know, bigger vehicles, you know, some Mm -hmm. of the the vans that they use for medical emergencies, things like that. Okay. Or, or custom coaches for Bugatti or, you know, whoever. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the production numbers, unless careful records are kept of a company that's, that's long gone, um, you know, these just kind of get, uh, thrown away and, you know, put in file cabinets mm-hmm. that are then taken away to the junkyard or whatever. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're handmade. They're, in, you know, individually made cars. Um, and there's a kind of a weird story that goes along with this. Do you want to, do you want to get into it or yeah. do, you want, do you want to start or? Uh, I want you to start it. Okay. All right, so here's the scoop. All right, there's a couple of guys named uh, Cotner and Bevington. Mm-hmm. All right, and Cotner and Bevington was a company uh, in 1964, somewhere around there, that was uh, actually purchased by Divco Wayne Corporation, which was the parent company of Miller Meteor. Now, do you know who Miller Meteor is? No. You don't? Okay, Miller Meteor were the, uh, I, I bet you do. You're just holding back. You're sandbagging, cause I can tell. The, um, they were the, the company that made those really cool Cadillac hearse vehicles. And, uh, I mean, the really cool looking one. That's my opinion, I guess, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look up Miller Meteor hearses and you'll see what I'm talking about. No, I'm the, kidding. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Giant, awesome hearses. I know you do. <laughs> but, uh, speaking of hearses, mm-hmm. uh, Cotner Bevington, uh, were, they were known for, Building some of these more customized vehicles, right? That's true. Yeah, they built uh, they built hearses and they mm. built uh, specialty vehicles and mm. you know what we call service vehicles, I guess. Yeah. So they're purchased by Divco Wayne, which is a parent company of Miller Meteor. And um, now, the, now the funny thing about it is, um, Cotner Bevington built on Oldsmobile chassis, right? Mm-hmm. They built on these Oldsmobile mm-hmm. '98 chassis, which were popular at the time, right? This is before the Tornado was around, and they only built on those chassis. That's true. And now, remember, from Miller Meteor, they built on Cadillac, mm-hmm. and they had this kind of prestige thing, you know, where they said, "Well, we're going to build on these high-end chassis, and you know, we're going to be the Cadillac of of hearses, really." Yeah. Which is a weird aim. Yeah, but. that's right. But <laughs> well, that's what they were. They were very, yeah. uh, very prestigious, right? Mm-hmm. So. They kind of uh, looked down their nose a little bit at Cotter Bevington, who built on Oldsmobile chassis, right? Yeah, like, who are these rookies? Yeah, these uh, cut-rate chassis yeah. hearse builders, right? Uh-huh. Which, not true, really. These are still excellent vehicles, mm-hmm. right? But um, when Oldsmobile first introduced the Tornado in 66, Cotter and Bevington decided that this was the vehicle for them to uh, to build their next Vehicle on. They wanted to build yeah. their next hearse, their next, uh, their next limousine, their next, uh, ambulance, whatever. They wanted to build on the Tornado chassis because it had this really unique feature to it. It was, it's not really unique, I shouldn't say, but it was front wheel drive. Yeah. It's a V8 front wheel drive vehicle. And that was unique. It wasn't the first Mm-mm. by any means. It wasn't the first. It had been happening, you know, in the 1930s. I think Audi in Europe had done it. Yes. Um, Auburn Cord, is that right? Had done it or Cord at least had done Cord it in the 30s. Um, it had just gone away for a while. It was just, it was difficult to make it work. And, From an uh, engineering standpoint. Exactly. And, and Tornado seemed to somehow get it. It mm. got it right. And, uh, that led to a lot of innovative things. Like, I mean, it, it gave them a lot more space inside so they didn't have the, uh, the transmission hump in the middle of the vehicle. Yeah, most um, definitely. And so it helped out in the design of a hearse, as you can imagine, because, you know, there's a lot more room inside. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, just, it seemed like a good platform to build on. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Cotter Bevington go to Miller Meteorite and they say, we need funding. 
we need to be able to to develop this and make it work and and uh Miller Meteorite says or Miller Meteor says uh sorry we're not going to fund that project for you and they said well this is a perfect opportunity for us and they said mm-hmm. no we want to keep our prestigious line of Cadillac vehicles going which they did yeah um but and, we're not going to fund an Oldsmobile project for you and we're because the implied thing there is we're worried that if there's a old an Oldsmobile based Hearst line that people it, it is probably going to cost less and yeah people are going to gravitate toward that instead and the thing is now this is tough to picture right now but if you look at a an, a tornado from 1966 it's cool looking yeah it is but but i guess it was quite a sensational vehicle at the time i mean it really made headlines it got uh the motor train car of the year that year mm-hmm. it was uh it was taking away awards left and right styling awards and uh, design yeah. awards and um, it it really was a pretty big hit at the time. A lot of people really appreciated the look and the styling and you know just the uh, the engineering aspect of of uh, the Tornado and the front wheel drive and it was something really unique. So um, you know going back in time and understanding where the Tornado was in in pop culture, I guess, right. is that it was a popular vehicle. It was it was affordable and mm-hmm. uh, you know serious competition for possibly for this uh for this Cadillac Hearse if they made something that was as nice out of an Oldsmobile as this more expensive Cadillac, right? Yes. So we laying the groundwork, okay? We are laying the groundwork and now we need to talk about what they actually did. Okay. What they what they produced. They had to strike out on their own. They had to strike out on their own, they my did. friend, in a typical entrepreneurial fashion. They thumbed their nose at mm-hmm. their uh companion companies and said, "You know what? We're just going to do this. And that is how they began to build the AQC Jetway, weighing in at, if you want some stats, mm-hmm. 28 feet long. Whoa. I know, right? Uh, eight doors, 12 to 15 people can sit in it. 12 to 15. Did you hear that? <laughs> Unbelievable. It has six, it has six wheels. And it has, a, which makes sense to have to carry the weight and the way that the ceiling lifts, um, after, I guess the part, let's see, from the first two doors forward, it looks like it's just a, a very long but normal car. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and it seriously looks like someone was messing with Photoshop. It does. Cause there's two other doors after those first two, um, the yes, yeah, so you have four on each side. You have four on each side. There's four bench seats in this thing, mm-hmm. plus an enormous area for luggage and things mm-hmm. like that. So there's a there's a um, if you remember the the service vehicles that we talked about a long time ago, the ones that were combination vehicles when they were a hearse ambulance. Yeah, remember the door that would open on those kind mm-hmm. of uh, open up and out. Um, that's the same type of door that they have in the back of this for loading all the luggage and everything into because that was one of the main intents of this vehicle is to be an airport transport. Yes, an airport limo. Yeah, an airport limo. So it, it had to have lots of space for luggage. I mean, luggage, imagine 15 people and all of their luggage in the 1960s, 1970s. I picture a lot of hat boxes, frankly. I think you're right. I mean, because <laughs> luggage, I mean, Luggage was not small. No. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, it's big, heavy, uh, the American tourister luggage, you know, that the gorilla was throwing around the cages and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the big heavy duty type stuff. And, and if they accounted for 15 people carrying luggage to the airport, just imagine how big this vehicle is. Even if be. that's just two, two bags per person, that's still 30 
bags. I mean, just the weight alone. I know. That's why it has six wheels. It has this really unique rear axle, mm-hmm. um, or axles, I guess, yeah. because, um, it's not a, not like a dually truck would be where it's, it's a side by side wheel. This is a wheel in front of a wheel. So you can mm-hmm. see three on each side. Um, really unique looking vehicle. It's really cool. And if you get a chance to look through photos, you'll see a bunch of them in, in different, uh, stages. You know, you see, um, the original promotional type photos. You'll see some, you know, from, you know, places that purchased these, you know, yeah. for service. Um, whether it was, uh, you know, maybe an airport, um, airport hotel that right. wanted to get, you know, people back and forth conveniently or if it was, you know, somebody that was, someplace that was nearby that was just, you know, kind of an entrepreneur and wanted to uh, put their name on this giant vehicle, you know, as a as a billboard. There's some publicity in this. You it, have to admit. exactly. But now there's now these are in the hands of private owners, and you mm-hmm. see what some of these people are doing with them. They're really cool. Um, They're bringing them back up. Yeah, there are, and there's some junkyard examples as well that you can see of the the AQC 707. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. There's a lot of these out there, which is kind of. Strange to say in that, you know, there's only 50, what, 52 or 53 built? Yeah, yeah. 52 or maybe 150. We don't know. That's the low estimate. Yeah, that's really These are ripe for a barn find, if you ask me. So, oh, and remember one quick thing is that, you know, these guys, when they left Miller Meteor, they weren't allowed to use their own name. So that's why they went with American Quality Coach Company. They formed that company. Right. Um, So that's where they get the AQC from. Um, But another strange thing is that they were all built on 1968 chassis. So even if you got a 19... See, these are built from 1968 to 1970. Mm-hmm. If you got a 1969 or a 1970, it's really a 1968 Tornado that you're you're getting, but they were they were sold as 1970 models. because They just how, had them. Yeah, exactly. And, they cut, uh, and also, another really cool thing about this... Well, let's bring it down a notch, yeah. shall we? Sure. Okay, so we're going to take it down a notch, but don't worry, we'll go back up at the end. Mm-hmm. You know how uh, we always try to... Leave them with uh, a, a good feeling. That's so. right. You'll tell a joke or something. Yeah, we'll try. I'm, I'm gonna. You think of one too, um, in case mine isn't funny. But here's the sad part, you guys. These were planned to be sort of the harbingers of an entirely new line and fleet of vehicles: AQC hearses and ambulances and service vehicles. And they. And the continuation of this this airport limo. Yeah, and the continuation of the Jetway 707. And the thing is that um, they possibly could have done it. They could have very well pulled this off, but the money just wasn't there. No, they uh, they sold a few, mm-hmm. and uh, they just couldn't make it. They just it was just a startup company, and and they had trouble after a couple of years, as is the case with many startups. Yeah. And uh, they just couldn't make it, and they had to, to close the doors. And that was why production was limited to either 52 or 150, <laughs> yeah. whichever you want to, you know, whichever number you want to go by. Now, the number, the guy given the the 150 number is a car historian, a professional car historian. His name is Bernie DeWinter. Mm-hmm. And uh, he thinks that it's up to 160, or 150, rather. But uh, 52 is, you know, the general number. I think that maybe, you know, is the number that they got from the factory, but we'll... Yeah, that's what a lot of people kick around. And you have yeah. to be careful, too, whenever a company or manufacturer closes down, like as was the case with DeLorean, uh, a lot of their leftover parts and maybe even uh, leftover chassis or nearly completed vehicles mm-hmm. are snatched up. Uh, sure. Pretty, uh, you know, it surprised me when we, re- when we were doing DeLoreans uh, and we found out that just how many people were 
grabbing onto those things very soon after the company closed. Oh, sure, yeah. They want to get uh, all the spare parts and mm-hmm. tooling and whatever else they can get out of that because uh, they know that it will be valuable at some point. Now, I got to them or somebody else. Yeah, I got to ask you, Scott. Do you think that these are practical as limos? I do. Yeah. I really do. And uh, you know what? I think that uh, we we need one more thing that we need to talk about before we completely wrap up. So I don't yes. want to I don't want to uh, go with you know our final would you drive one of these type things at this point yet. Mm, but um, okay. the, the, when we mentioned that we were going to bring it back up is that there are a lot of other versions of this out there that maybe you have or have not seen. And mm-hmm. I thought at one point in my life that I had seen one of these. I, I'd swear that I had seen one. Maybe I had seen another version of one. I mean, maybe I saw a checker cab version of one. Maybe I'd seen a, um, I don't know, a Pontiac version of one. Because when I started to look at airport transport vehicles, started to look up airport airport um, limousines, mm-hmm. uh, look at some of the historic photos, and you'll find that there are versions that come from uh, Lincoln. There's a, a 1940 Woody LaSalle 8 that was originally owned by Matilda Dodge Wilson, who is, uh, you know, of the Dodge Brothers fame. Yeah. Um, uh, the widow of the Dodge, one of the Dodge brothers. Uh, there's a Cadillac version, a Pontiac version, a Ford version, a Chevrolet version, a uh, Checker Cab version, a uh, Plymouth version. There's just all kinds wow. of airport taxi version or airport transport versions mm-hmm. of this where they have multiple doors on each side. We're talking like, you know, three or four doors on each side. And, you know, again, three or four bench seats in these things. They're enormous vehicles. And uh, you'll see a lot of them in junkyards and a lot of them that, you know, people are trying to restore right now. Um, and some that have been restored that people are renting as kind of like, you know, the, the party vehicles that you can take to yeah, from, yeah. Uh, from bar to bar on a Friday Party night. bus stuff. Exactly, yeah. So there's, uh, there's a lot of um, enthusiasts out there for this type mm-hmm. of vehicle. And uh, if you've seen one, let us know. You maybe snap a quick photo and send it in to us. Oh, We'd love please, to see it. yeah. And also, uh, this I think we've brought up a little bit. We're giving some people some hope because I'm sure somewhere – out there in uh, in the wild world of the internet, there's somebody wondering how they're going to get 14 other people yeah. in all their luggage. Yeah, you know, you asked so, me if, if yeah. I think they're practical. Yeah, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but no, I no, felt, no. I felt we should tell them that there's yeah. a lot of them out there. I do think they're practical. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, it's a 15 passenger vehicle, and if you have a business that's close to the airport and you continually run people in, let's say, a big cargo van. Okay. Um, what's the difference? Really, I mean, you're talking about a, a, a big vehicle. You're sure, you got the long wheelbase to deal with mm-hmm. uh, for a driver. That's probably difficult to get and around some like, of the uh, more narrow streets. 185 inches, I yeah, think. That's so right. Yeah, I mean, you said that this vehicle's 28 feet long. Yeah, so that gives you an idea of how how much overhang there is as well. Um, it's a big vehicle to navigate, but where can you carry that many passengers and and their gear? Um, I think that for some people, this would be a, a neat vehicle to restore and have on your lot. You know, maybe even use it as a draw in some cases. Yeah, I could see that. Um, you know, just kind of a um, novelty item, I guess. Maybe, mm. you know, you could see it in Las Vegas or something. You know, if you had a shuttle to and from the airport that would go to up and down the strip. Good call. It would get a lot of publicity or a lot of attention if you put, you know, the name mm-hmm. of the casino on, on the side or the name of your company on the side. Yeah. Um, someplace with high traffic and a lot of people to, to see it, I think, would be a good idea. Not a daily driver if you do a lot of parallel parking, though. What about you? Do you think? Oh, parallel parking. Oh man, I can't even. I can't even imagine putting this thing in reverse. I would. I would always try to find a way to 
exit forward in this game. Yeah. You know, always look for the exit as soon as you pull in somewhere. Mm, I feel like I would have to get a lot better at geometry. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's no way you're going to drive it to the grocery store. Um, not, you know what? Not conveniently. No, no, you could park gonna, in the back. Well, I guess you could. Like, I mean, but this is, this, this far exceeds any, you know, long bed pickup truck. Yes. And, yeah. uh, you know, with a crew cab or whatever you want to mm-hmm. add onto it, this is a lot longer. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It would be like driving a limo everywhere, a stretch limo. I think it's okay. I, you're going to ask me if I think it's practical. I am. I think that it is practical, but it's very specialized. It's a niche, definitely. I agree with you. Um, that's a perfect comparison, man. You wouldn't want to drive a stretch limo every day. No. Um, I'm sure there are some people who do, and, you know, good for you guys. Best of luck. <laughs> it's not really my thing. I don't think it's your thing either, Scott. No. Um, but I have seen it. Old Cadillacs and things like that. Yeah. I, I would, uh, I would say that I, at first, was not so impressed by this vehicle because for someone from my generation, looking at the way it's looked at, laid out, it looks more like a station wagon than a limousine. You know, for, I was just thinking about this, Bob. If you had a, uh, if you had a funeral service mm-hmm. and used this as a, kind of the, the vehicle that follows the hearse with the family yeah. and it was well done, it was black, it was chrome, it was, you know, darkened windows, it was very classy, mm-hmm. uh, this vehicle would be a nice fit for your fleet of vehicles because it could hold many people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they often follow with a, a smaller limo. Sure. Um, you know, holds just the immediate family or whatever, but, um, this one would give you the ability to carry more people. And if it was done, if it was well done, it's not a hot rod version or anything like that, of course. If it was very classy right. and very, very simple. Sure. Um, very dignified. I'm sure that it would make a, a nice addition. That's a good call, man. I mean, just take a look at it and, and try to picture it that way. And, and I think that it would, uh, make a nice fit. I would love to ride in one. I would too. I, I don't know about driving it. I bet it has a soft ride with that long wheelbase. Oh yeah. I bet oh, I'm sure. It's like water. It I'm must. Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> speaking of water, I need some. You know, you can probably tell I'm a little bit under the weather here. You can tell. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, I've got I've got to go ahead and head out here. Um, unfortunately, not in an airport limo today. Uh, but while we're heading out, if you guys have any questions about these vehicles, if you have another extraordinary vehicle that you think we should cover, let us know. Find us on our Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on our blog. Check out our website. And if you want to cut past the middleman, you can always find Scott and I at CarStuff at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and drama. I'll be joined by some special guests that'll be helping me share the real stories behind the most iconic moments in the show. So do not miss this special takeover of Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. 